Lock us in. Load us in. Pop in that A-track. Spin the tape. Here we go. Hey now, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Resistance Recap, hosted by the dudes, the bros from the Star Wars Time Show. It's Matt, Nick, and Pete. Who knows if Ellie's around? She may be fighting another cat. She tends to like to rumble. So, Resistance Recap, that means it's time to talk about the latest episode of Star Wars Resistance, which this week, if you're keeping scores, S1E14, The Doza Dilemma. All right, Nick, so as we do the Resistance recap, we like to start with the Easter eggs and Star Wars franchise reference breakdown, and I'm the one that kind of cooks up that video for our website, StarWarsTime.net. Um, it, it, it was a good one. Uh, I, I, we're, we're finally back to some concrete Easter eggs, if you will. I mean, one was audible, but the others uh, were quite visual. Much better than last week when I was doing Easter egg gymnastics to kind of formulate anything to talk about in terms of the Easter egg front for Star Wars Resistance. But we're also going to recap and review at the end because this is a pretty damn good episode. I mean, it was first order plotline focused from start to finish. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about those eggies. All right, man. So what do you think about the Easter eggs? I mean, did, did, did I find them all? Did you get one that I missed? You You did a fantastic job this week, man. And I have to say, number one... It didn't even occur to me at first. Like, I, I saw it and I was like, oh, shit, I didn't even realize that. And I actually had to look up the kid who you were referencing. And this was one of the auditory ones, the word wizard. So Torah says wizard in the same manner as Kitster use it in uh, The Phantom Menace. That's and I was a like, wizard, Annie. I know. And I was like, what the shit was going on there? And then I looked it up and I was like, okay, I saw the kid. Like I've look, I looked up Kitster at first because I remember the line and I was like, okay, now I'm I'm here, I'm with you. But yes, like the the kid is if you if you remember when when we're still on Tatooine and in the Phantom Menace and it's all of Annie's friends hanging out. It was outside of the shop and uh, the little it was like the little Middle Eastern kid with the dark hair says it. And I as soon as I saw the picture of Kitster. I was like, okay, I'm on the same page. But the fact that you caught this one was, again, like a testament to not only your ear, but your ear for Star Wars, you know, little nuggets like that. It's fantastic find. I'm not going to lie. There was a, a, a phrase uttered right before it by Sonara where she talked about cycles. And I was almost going to tie that to uh, basically Luke and, and the Lars family and the cycles and him worried about cycles. And then I heard this. I was like, nah, I'm going to fucking scrap that stretch of a one. And go right for wizard because I, I didn't even know this. I mean, obviously I picked it up. The phrase I can't forget it for some reason. I really excel at retaining stupid information. Uh, but I, I get it became a meme, uh, especially for older Anakin. And when it turned into Darth, it's like there's. I, I think it's a picture of Darth Vader, and it's just like nothing's wizard anymore, is it, Anakin, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but the, I guess there's a whole meme movement around Kitster saying wizard, but uh, now we get Taurus saying, so it's basically, it's a slang saying in the Star Wars universe, so I thought that was kind of cool. And th those are 
as I like to define, th- that is an Easter egg. A reference to me is like a a passing mention of a character, a ship name, something like that, an event. Mm-hmm. Where Easter eggs are these like wink, wink. Hey, fans, if if you're a real fan, you've probably heard this before. You may not remember exactly who said it or when it was said, but it definitely was like a a wink from the writers to people like us. Yeah, exactly. So. That was a perfect catch. Again, that was probably, of the list that we have here, I think that was the most obscure and hard-to-catch one because it was another audio-focused one. All the rest of them moving forward, for the first time in a week, are all visual Easter eggs. Good, solid catches. And number two, I definitely caught this one because this one's like right in your face, but uh, Tora, when she goes to her loft with Sonara and um, Kaz and... Tam was there too. That's kind of uh, like the gang now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. That's like the new the new group. That's like the the cool kids club, I guess you would say, of the Colossus. And so Tora has this drone shooting game where it's almost kind of like a Nintendo shooting gallery game, except what you're shooting at were it's like training Duck Hunt. Remotes. Well, I mean, shit. Kind of like Duck Hunt. I don't even know. If... Well, hey, you told us our demos, so yeah, everyone's going to recognize that reference, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Duck Hunt, if you are skewing to the younger age listening to us, then Duck Hunt came out on the original Nintendo, came with a plug-in, little light gun. You would shoot at your TV to shoot the ducks flying It's like those games at Dave & Buster's or arcades where you get tickets, where you you shoot a gun at a screen. Yeah, exactly. So this is exactly what it was uh, mirroring in, in Resistance. And, it, you know, what you were shooting at were the training remotes that Luke was training against in A New Hope. So if you remember on the Millennium Falcon, as they were heading towards Alderaan right in the beginning of the movie, he's training with Ben, trying to reach out with the Force, wearing the helmet that obscured his vision. And that remote is what was used as the targets in this little drone shooting game. So really cool. I really enjoyed that. And uh, that also showed that uh, Sonara is a dead eye with a blast yeah yeah she definitely tore it up but i I guess what i like here is i i honestly think if tora was real i'd probably date her because she's a cool chick we know she likes to collect memorabilia like from the past i mean uh, there was back in the first half of the season during one of my easter egg breakdowns i mean the first time we saw the inside of her apartment room whatever you want to call it i mean she had like tauntaun dolls hoth dolls this stuff that stuff I mean, so she's a collector and a gamer. I mean, this is the second time we've seen her playing games. So, you know, this is definitely becoming the click. Tora is kind of like the, I don't want to say the ringleader, but maybe the the most popular one. Clearly, she's an ace and yeah. she lives on the tower. Well, she's Kaz the rich Tam girl. Kinda, yeah, Kaz and Tam are kind of the, the the middle class, poor type of people. And then obviously we know Sonara, what, what her deal is, but... More on Sonara once we get into the breakdown because I think some of my predictions are uh, ultimately coming or are, are coming true. Some of them, but uh, they're they're also headed towards the the two outcomes I believe that Sonara uh, has facing her. So, anyways, moving on to the third one. And this, I, I'm almost going to call this an Inception egg. Yeah. Because I believe, and what I'm talking about is uh, middle of the episode, Kaz, Niku, Tam, they're back at the shop. They're working on a, on a bike. And if you look at the bike, it looks like it's a modified uh, speeder bike, Imperial Speeder from Return of the Jedi. I also, if you remember a few episodes back, Nick, I caught Sonara hauling one of these bike chassis out of the ocean down in her little scavenging pit. 
So I'm just going to go ahead and draw the conclusion that she ultimately sold that to Yeager's shop to fix, create, sell, whatever. And now we get to see it in its near finished state. Yeah, I think that's a good call because she found that in the same kind of dredging that they found the Clone Wars era fighter, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. her her job is essentially to scavenge the bottom of the ocean or wherever the Colossus sits. I mean, yeah. she goes out on skiffs to do it, does it right there. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what she does. She hauls the cell. Yeah, she's a salvager, basically, in her, you know, her stealth role on the Colossus. So it was a good catch, though. And as you always do within these Easter egg videos, you, you make the, the reference very clear with the close-up shot of the speeder bike from Return of the Jedi. So I think uh, I think you've yeah, again you've done your diligence. You've caught the not only the Easter egg but the Easter egg within the Easter egg for this one. So solid job there. Um, moving on to number four, and this one kind of fits along with a theme that we may have brought up pretty early oh, on yeah. in the T- show. I was just gonna say. I mean, talk about. I mean, how perfect of a role did Sonara slip into on the Colossus? I mean, she is a salvager. But when we when we talk about the pirates, they may be the best salver, salvaging scavengers in the galaxy, right? Because yeah. the next Easter egg here is we, we saw they had a pirate skiff, man, and half the skiff was a repurposed Tie Fighter. Yeah, I mean, if we go back to the to the earlier episodes of the show where the pirates first show up, I mean, we saw them running around in full stormtrooper regalia. We saw them using... I mean, Kragen uh, whips that Mud Trooper armor. I yep. mean, uh, Sonara, we, we said, almost has, like, modified Clone Trooper belts, this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, and we had already seen some modified speeders from ROTJ in earlier episodes during the pirate um, invasion of the Colossus. So they're, they're heavily into old Imperial-style uh, weaponry, armor, and then obviously ships here, like Matt mentions, with the pirate skiff. I mean, I will say that not only did did the pirates do a good job of, you know, putting together a ship out of these parts, but the the design people behind this show. Oh, yeah. By taking this and they made it look like a ship as well. Like it looked like a pirate ship. I mean, it looked fantastic. So, I mean, this episode's full of highlights. But seeing that like when when Kaz is coming down, you know, he's chasing the speeder bikes. To, to save, uh, I mean, spoiler alerts for our recap, but to try to save Tora, like, and you see the reveal of the pirate ship skiff, I was like, holy shit, man, that looks fucking awesome. Um, so yeah, top-notch job by the design crew behind Star Wars Resistance. Really, really great stuff there. Yeah, so the the final Easter egg, and, and honestly, it's probably one I could have left off, but sometimes I can't help myself. I like to get a little cute, but at the, at the very end when Kaz goes down to kind of test Sonara, we get to see her her hoist, and and they're those damn suction cups that we all first saw towards the end of A New Hope when they pull R2 out, or even in, to the X-Wing. And then again in Return of the Jedi, we also see them use it after the Battle of, of the Hut in, in the in the desert. The, you know, they, they pull them up out of the sand. So, like I said, Nick, probably could have left it off, but sometimes I may like to get a little cocky with my... With my deep, deep cut Easter eggs. <laughs> definitely. This is definitely one of the deeper cuts. I mean, you don't see these things for very long, and more than likely, you don't even notice them because 
you know <laughs> yeah it's like you almost have to wonder i bet you sometimes you go like what the fuck show is he watching like yeah it's like did you literally just watching the background i mean does he even know what is happening i think that like i mean you have to be paying just ultra special attention i think you said in the past i mean i could be wrong maybe i just think this but like you in my mind you watch the show twice you watch it once for entertainment value you watch it again for easter egg findings Th- this is how it goes so the first time i watch it i am consuming it and taking notes the second time i watch it i'm more focused on capturing screen grabs to use but i do go through it a second time yeah see that that makes that makes perfect so the first sense. time i am kind of eagle eyeing on consuming the story and being entertained but also making sure that i'm you know kind of charting down the flow of the episode as well as any eggs or references beautiful mind type stuff here to be able because like i again like i'm most of the time watching the show like while i'm at work stuff (laughs) i mean i wish i could do something that would like make me money yeah this is like stupid stuff But hey, it works for us. It works for our purposes. But um, yeah, so I mean, good. That, that that's our Easter egg and and reference breakdown for the Doza Dilemma S one E fourteen. I mean, all good ones. You know, one of them was auditory, but still a direct reference to the Phantom Menace and actually a, a meme in Star Warsville, and then some other good ones from the original trilogy. So. Moving on to the episode itself, Nick. I mean, before we went live, we both kind of talked about how this was like, this was a meaty one because it did. It literally, the opening shot is aboard Starkiller Base, or at least one of the Star Destroyers orbiting it. And it really, the, the very end, I mean, I, the end is, you know, Kaz kind of reflecting on what just went down. But uh, I mean, the, the First Order kind of puts a. A, they are the climax of this episode. So let, let's go ahead and just work down from the top. So Doza Dilemma opens up with blatantly now tying the uh, pirates in the First Order and, and just showing the inner workings of their deals and really the, the end game of the First Order and their use of the pirates. Because, I mean, we do find out they have been using them big surprise but essentially pyre and phasma have Kragen called up and they're like hey dude we've been paying you to 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 mess with the colossus it ain't working i mean Doza at least accepted our our order but he has not brought us on to do security you need to ramp things up you need to escalate it we'll pay you whatever you want you got to take something near and dear from him and, and that's kind of how it ends right they don't really hint what what they're going to take not that i mean we all know what's going to happen but right from the get-go first order pirates trying to undermine the colossus to ultimately get what they want and that's going to be control of its security yeah so we get like you said we get hard confirmation that these two are working together now and we also get some more confirmation that captain phasma's involvement with the first order is very high level like she's not just ordering troops around she's not just telling people on you know, her specific Star Destroyer, what to do. She is actively out in the galaxy pulling strings to make sure that totally. the First Order totally. plans are going as they should. I mean, I look at it, it's like Hux is the general. I mean, he he is, I don't know his history, but I believe he comes from a wealthy family, maybe even a military family. And, you know, like he, he kept calling it like my army. But it is, I mean, I do believe like a lot of that is him. But, I mean, Phasma, she's essentially almost 
his equal, if not his number one slash A, you know, one A type of level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe. I mean, I believe the first order was initially Snoke, Ren, and Hux, kind of on the same level. Although Ren clearly could push around Hux, and yeah. now he's above him for sure. But I, I do think Phasma is possibly in that group before as well. I think so. Yeah, I think she clearly established herself as the field general at first, but then kind of moved past that into more of a. I guess you would call it like a executive position within the first order um you know pretty quickly after her you know her her i mean she carries out what the big guys are telling her to essentially yeah yeah for sure and then you know after after we get that um kragan goes to his informant goes to sonara on the colossus and tells him that they that she needs to essentially break in these two people or help these two pirates that are going to yeah, carry he's, out the he's going to ship two pirates in a shipping container to Colossus. She needs to let him in and get him onto the tower. Yeah. He doesn't tell her why, and Nick's going to kind of explain that. During this conversation, he, he questions her a bit. Yeah, so Sonara is definitely... You can tell within this conversation and then throughout this entire episode that Sonara, and this is to your point that you made earlier, Matt, that Sonara's kind of not feeling totally comfortable with this like she's starting to she's starting to not really have feelings for the people in the classes but she realizes that she doesn't want to necessarily do anything that's going to hurt any of them but she does agree to to this you know this plot and she does end up helping these two pirates uh onto the colossus but before that we do get a nice scene with uh sonara and tora tam and kaz as we spoke about in the easter eggs kind of hanging out together and then spending some time uh, in Tora's loft playing the video game. So this was a really cool scene, I thought. And it does establish that Sonara is starting to get more involved with the people on the Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, she was almost touched, shocked, if you will, that Tora, A, just included her. Like when when they're all at Ancy's hanging out, whatever. And then Tora, Kaz, and Tam, they're kind of walking away like, yeah, let's go to my room and blah, blah, blah. And Tora's like, yeah, you too, Sonar. And she's like, oh, really, me? And then even up in, in Tora's room at the end, Sonar's like, yeah, we're all, I mean, Tora's like, hey, we're all buddies. Come up here anytime. I'll give you my code. And again, Sonar's like shocked, like, wow, this girl considers me a part of her core group of friends here. And I'm essentially in here plotting and figuring out what, what the security's like. So I can undermine her father and and get to these thugs into the tower. Yeah, Sonara still didn't know that they were coming to kidnap Tora, uh, but more on that later. So yeah, it, it was a good moment. But like I said, we said this a few casts ago that I, I do believe Sonara ultimately is going to turn or sacrifice herself for either Kaz or Tora or her friends on the Colossus. And and this episode, above all, is already starting to set that groundwork. I mean, Kragen's questioning her loyalty. What's she up to? You starting to like these people? You starting to settle in on the Colossus? Come on. And even, you can just tell. I know it's an animation, but you can tell that she is starting to have a little bit of heartburn over uh, fucking with the, the the residents of the Colossus for the pirates. So yeah, it didn't come as easy as it came the first time. You know, when she when she first got on the station and she was trying to 
essentially turn off the the targeting computers like that came pretty easily but now now that she's on here and she's starting to get more comfortable with these people you can tell that she's apprehensive about causing them harm and you know you mentioned that she got this tower code from from Tora to essentially you know be able to hang out with her and that does you know that obviously is going to play a big part in you know what is to come in this episode right so, so the things shift tonight Kaz being Kaz, I mean, he always wants to check on Sonara. It, it's clear now. I mean, Tam is even making fun of his crush on Sonara. So he heads down to scavenging Nick, and that's right when she's breaking out the, the, the pirates. And as they're walking away, Kaz and BB-8 spy on her. And, and at first, Kaz is like, hey, you never know. Maybe they're just blah, blah, blah. And BB-8's like, hey, dude, I've never trusted her. So right there is the first time i think kaz is like hmm, this is curious and obviously he he follows them onwards towards the tower to just kind of see what is going on who are these people that are with his crush yeah so it, it was i mean i feel like at this point kaz <laughs> kaz needs to either separate himself from sonara or really have uh, like a confrontation about it because it was very clear that Sonara is not the person that he thinks she is and seeing her break these people onto the Colossus and then ultimately seeing what happens with these two people like he need like he needs to just he needs to do something about it and I think I think that like in the next episode once we get through all of the events that happen here because things start to happen very fast from this point there's not a, like enough time between when he witnesses this happening with Sonara helping these people onto the Colossus and them actually going and, and, you know, taking out the deed or, you know, going through with the deed for them to have like a, a conversation about it. He, he needs to move quickly. But like, do you think that like Kaz just needs to take action at this point? Something needs to happen with Sonara, clearly. Are we to, are we like all the way at the end of the episode here now that he, I don't... Know, he like he knows for sure that she's no good? I mean, I guess so, but I feel like just seeing like that moment, like seeing her, like her. No, I, I do not, I do not believe until the very end. Like he, he specifically went to see her at the end to ask her that question to see if she would come, come truthful to him, and she did it. And that's when he walks away. He goes, "Yeah, BB, I'm with you now. She's either a, a pirate spy or a pirate herself." Okay, yeah, but uh, yeah, I guess what I was getting at is like th right then, like when he saw her get those people on like he knew that there was something and he oh, was just yeah, using yeah, i mean yeah I, I mean obviously he wanted to follow her, but i i think because he 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 likes her yeah know, i think he likes her like i said a crush i think he was still in his head like oh no you know whatever she's just there are other salvagers whatever they're customers okay blah, so you blah, think blah. that like he was that he actually like rationalized it oh of course but okay. it was i mean he literally had to go and kind of test her for him to set to agree with BB because BB all along was like, I, I've never trusted her. Yeah. But Kaz, because he's, you know, thinking with little Kaz has <laughs> given her the benefit of the doubt. But at the very end, that was a purposeful test yeah. on his part to see if she would lie or come, you know, come clean. And she lied. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, anyways. So, I mean, ultimately Kaz is following him, but they, they, they get ahead of him. She gets him into the tower, but that's when they finally tell her, who they're after and it's yeah. Tora and that's when she it, it really clicks in her 
And she's like, you know what? Enough's enough. Fuck this. I can't let this happen. Yeah. Not Tora. She's my friend. She's accepted me, and that actually means something to me. So I'm going to try and stop this. And lo and behold, that's just when Kaz catches up to her. And so she kind of plays it off like she knows something's going on and convinces him to help yet again. Yeah, yeah. See, this is the moment where I thought that, like, Kaz... I feel like Kaz wised up to it, but I think I think you may be right. You know, he is kind of in his own head with this relationship, this imaginary relationship with this girl. But yeah, this is when you really see that Sonara is not in. Like, she's she's completely finished with the pirates now, in my mind. Like, this is the moment where she realizes yeah, that... See, that's... Yeah, I don't even think she's completely finished, because if she was, why didn't she just come clean the Kaz? Well, because... I think that she like she's I think she's done like she won't do anything that Kragen asks again but she also realizes that if she does just straight come clean and say like I'm working with him I'm so sorry that like there is there is a very high chance that they exile her at the very least like you know it's possible uh, it's, like, that they kill her in life the, the, the more and longer you lie the worse the things are the things are going to be when you finally do get caught so yeah exactly um craig and will contact her again mark my words oh yeah and, and oh yeah he's gonna I ask think. her to do something and that i'm telling you the next time's probably gonna be the time that she's like that's when she's going to fully t- turn or that's when she's gonna you know sacrifice herself so yeah yeah so and then at this point you know, Kaz sees what's happening. Sonara says they're gonna go. You know, they're they're going to go get to, uh, Tora, and then he jumps into hero mode again. You called it out at the end of the recap post, but this is when you know again Kaz steps up into the hero role within this show and jumps in the fireball, chases down. Speaking the of the guys. fireball, dude, and I think it's the perfect ship for him because he's such a, a klutz and kind yeah. of a wreck sometimes but how funny is the fact that the fireball is literally always busted ass down i mean like it, it never <laughs> it never just flies smoothly something's always fucked up it's always smoking i mean it just cracks me up even when he pulls out before he gets shot up it's still kind of half busted yeah that's what i was gonna say like i'm pretty sure before he gets shot it still like stalls in midair and <laughs> yeah. falls down and then comes back like it is it's a perfect it like the ship is a perfect personality fit for yeah. the pilot. Like, it's essentially Kaz in ship form. Yeah, it's yeah, it's perfect. And then this is when we're you know this sequence of events leads us to the reveal of the of the giant pirate skiff that uh, that we talked about in the Easter eggs. And the whole time, you know, he's following them. He's he's essentially following two skiffs. The, it's almost look almost looks like two speeders that are you know putting about over the water and then he finally gets to the reveal of the big pirate ship and this is where a kind of shootout ensues at least on the part of the pirates kaz holds himself back from firing because apparently the well, fireball I, another does thing, have nick when he sees craig and ship come out which again is badass i mean it, it, he literally has a pirate ship i'm sure it flies ultimately but he had it in the water yeah but that's the first time i at least picked up on that that he went oh shit yeah sonara's that's when he knows sonara's lying and that's why he goes to her afterwards and, and asks her the question yeah but that's when you know because it was a great kind of double take for kaz because right when he sees the pirates and he puts two and two together with sonara then who shows up yeah i mean after the first order comes uh, yeah. in, the, in the screen yeah so i mean like, after the shootout 
you see yeah. it's like a Ky- it's the Kylo Ren ship, and there's Ellie jumping up on the desk for those of you who heard that. But um, yeah, the the first order shows up, and it goes a little bit differently than you would initially expect, right? Right. So so you gotta think again. Kaz he has no clue what's going on. He he just learned that Sonara, the the girl he wants to date is feeding them lines of bull and, and there's something going on with her and the pirates. Then out of the blue, the first order shows up, you know, no, he's already investigating them. That's his main charge. And, and you know, I, it was almost like he's going like, Oh, are they working together? And like, he actually figured it out. And then as Nick teased the first order, first orders, the pirates. Yeah. They come on to the ship. And you think under that the gonna, guise of they're going to pay the pirates. Yeah. You think that they're going to take Torah and take off. No, they open fire on the pirates and they save Torah, quote unquote, save Torah from the pirates and escort her back to the Colossus and back yeah, to it was her a father. brilliant move. I mean, I, I think I wrote it or I mentioned it. It was a the first order, at least through this show, we are now seeing Nick that they we're just as good at the long game as, as Palpatine. Yeah, manipulation at its finest right, here, this really. This was, I mean, honestly, you got people got to understand that this pirate manipulation basically has been happening all 13 episodes, and it paid off here, so we, we, we got to see the First Order's ultimate goal was to use the pirates as if they were in leagues and then ultimately turn on them to make it look like the First Order of the Heroes. They're the ones that can control the pirates. They save Torah. You know, it's Miller time. Uh, yeah. So it, it was, I, I thought it was brilliant. I was like, I didn't quite see it coming. I honestly thought they were going to come and pay him off. And Same. But then, but then when he walked out, and I was like, oh, shit, you know what they're going to do? And hot damn, they did it. So I really like that. And it makes perfect sense, too, because what better way to prove of course. that you are the perfect force to protect the Colossus than to protect the daughter of the person who runs it. Like, well, no one else could. I mean, the aces yeah. couldn't stop her. Kaz couldn't get her back. I mean, the first order came in strutting its stuff, chest puffed out and did exactly what Phasma Empire were planning to do at the beginning of the episode. They were never planning to pay Craig and triple. They were just again, using him. And this was the time they were finally going to double cross him. Yeah. Yeah. It was a perfect execution. And then, now, I mean, if you're in Captain Doza's shoes, like, how do you turn down the First Order? He still did. that. That So, again, First Order saves him. They fly back to Colossus. Von Reg drops her off. And, 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 you know, he plays this hero like, oh, my God, Doza, we got her, man. We got her. We can do this. We've been monitoring pirate chatter for, for weeks now. We got your back. You really need us, man. You really need us. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and leave two First Order troops with you just so you can feel even more secure. Yeah, just he was, keep thinking about it, buddy. He wasn't all in. He was like, I don't, you know, he initially, I think he said, you know, we don't need this extra security or right. I don't no, need he, this He's extra like, security. I want to go talk to my daughter. I mean, basically yeah. his kid just got kidnapped, so he didn't really feel like committing to that deal yet. But yeah. I do believe he's been nudged as close to over the edge as the First Order has gotten him so far. Yeah, exactly. So... I, it's I'm a matter really, of time. We know it's coming. We we've seen the yeah. mid season, you know, teaser. So yeah. So we already know that there's going to be a heavy first order presence on the Colossus at so some I, point in this season. I, but this I, is I the mean, start. Don't, don't you think it's going to be the next episode? I mean, do you I think feel that's like going to be the the boiling point. It's got to be because now at this point, like if you're Doza, your daughter's been kidnapped. You have an inkling that the the first order is bad, but at this oh, point, dude, you know what? I bet it's almost Tor now that convinces him. Oh man, that would 
That's you a good like call. Maybe, That's what's a... that syndrome to where like the captor almost oh yeah falls, it's Stockholm falls in syndrome. Love with... Yeah, Stockholm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could be that. I mean, I could see that maybe. So maybe it's not an, another event. She just says like, you know what? They did save me. No one else could. Maybe yeah. you should do it, Dad. I mean, even kind of freaked me out. Even she was surprised to see the actions of the First Order. Like, if you right. see her, if you're if you watch the show. When they go to save her, she's like, okay. Exactly. And like she, like, she was not expecting that. Like, she was expecting something much worse to happen. And when they came in as the saviors, it surprised even her. So, um, and she does see, like, she seems young. She seems like she could be naive. So, I wouldn't be surprised if something like that did happen, if she was the one who was ultimately like, hey, look, you know, I could have been dead. I could have been kidnapped and never found again. But these people saved me. And you know, that that's the turning point. Yeah, so I, I do think within the next episode or two, the Doza is going to commit to the First Order protection deal, and then the, the remainder of the season is just going to be, you know, Kaz fully figuring out what they're doing and ultimately rallying the rest of the Colossus against them. Because, I mean, it, it's all been teased. We, we've seen it. Uh, we still don't know where where how the show's going to end. Is it going to end right in line with TFA, and then season two is going to follow TLJ events? Uh, we we believe it is going to butt up with TFA, especially based on that midseason trailer. So who knows? But the episode does wrap. You know, we, we've kind of already highlighted it. But Kaz, now knowing that Sonara hasn't been truthful, does go down to uh, salvaging after the big ordeal. Everyone's safe. And he, he it, it's a straight-up test. And he basically gives her a chance to come clean. And she doesn't. So as we said, he walks away going, you know, BB, you've been right, man. I mean, she's now proven to me that she's either a, a spy for pirates or she's a pirate herself. And, and that's kind of how things end. And you can just tell he's he's bummed the fuck out. Yeah, I mean, the girl that he's kind of, you know, right. got a thing he for. He feels betrayed. And I, I yeah. bet being a spy himself and he's had to lie to her, he might not feel as betrayed if he was just someone trying to court her. I don't even think that that's occurred to him yet. Do you think that he's thought that deep? Like, oh, I'm a spy too. So, you know, I, I, you know, I know we make fun of him, but I want to give him some credit, especially because he he does seem to have compassion. Yeah. Um, I, I think, and you can even tell when he's lying there, like how uncomfortable it makes him. Like he's doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they do a good job in the show of making making right. that difficult. Kind of visualizing that he he doesn't feel comfortable bullshitting to Sonar, really yeah probably anyone so yeah so overall i mean i thought that this episode I mean, definitely better than the last one and i would rank this very high in the overall 14 episode structure so far like i feel like i would definitely put this as a top five episode because like oh, you easy, said in easy, the beginning easy top five i don't know about the the best i i think whenever poe is in a full episode those automatically rank up to the best just because yeah. i love how oscar <laughs> just gives it his all for this animated role. Yeah, and, and, uh, and like e- easily best of the return from from the break. Yeah, and also I'm a big fan of all of the episodes that include the you know the the multicolored stormtroopers. So we in this one we got all of them. We oh, got Fasma, yeah, we, we, we got, got Pyre, we got, got Von the gold, the white, and the red. Yeah, so a huge fan. Really push forward the plot line, which is what we were looking for in the return, and it sets up a lot of good motion going forward into the to the rest of the season so big fan of this episode uh and i can't I wait to see what happens like, next week 
I don't want to piss on your parade, but I do feel like next episode may take a step back to give everyone a breather. Because yeah. usually when they do, like, basically full-on, this is First Order overarching plot central, they, they tend to reel things back a bit. Yeah, and we also... scaled in. You know, if we're working with a 22-episode season, which is typically what you get for these half-hour-long full runs, um, you know, we, we're at, what, eight episodes left after this one? So, I mean, depending on how they count them, we count them a little bit differently than they count them. I think this was their 13, and we count it as 14. But, um, so we have about eight episodes left, and I guess you're right, you know, you could still have one or two episodes sprinkled in here, maybe three that aren't solely focused on the first order plot line and still allows for a little bit more levity, some more character development episodes specifically around members of team fireball or other members of the aces or, you know, around the Colossus. So I think you could be right, but I definitely want to see like what events spring from this because there's going to be a lot that happens. And even if the next episode isn't, completely first order focused there will still be the you know the outcome of this series of events sorry dude i had the kid yelling in the background so <laughs> i had to run away real quick no problem but I think i'm sure that, nick recapped it quite nicely though so. yeah I, i'm sure that you know i'm sure that you guys out there agree with me that there's a lot to cover in the eight episodes that are left for this series. And, you know, maybe we take an episode off next time, but I still do think that we're going to get at least a little bit, you know, we'll touch on a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think it can be completely devoid. I don't think we're going to get any more of those, but I would not be surprised if the next one, which we should be getting the preview clip tomorrow, and, and I'll, I'll know a bit more from there. But uh, it was a good one. I mean, the highest rated one I, I've had since we started rating these, and it just, like I said, it, it's really kind of pushed a lot of these threads to a, a boiling point. I mean, Kaz knows about Sonara now. She still doesn't know about him. Kaz also is still not sure about the First Order and the Pirates. Uh, but the Pirate or the First Order, they, they kind of got a good one up on everybody. So things are definitely going to be getting interesting moving forward. So make sure to stay tuned to StarWarsTime.net's coverage of Star Wars Resistance. We got you with uh, Easter egg breakdown and recap and review videos on the Monday after new episodes. And then we should usually have the Resistance recap in podcast format the Wednesday after the most recent episodes. So stay tuned, my friends. StarWarsTime.net. Hit it up. Share it around. Spread it around. Review it around. Hate it around. We don't care. We just want you to consume it. Let us know. Provide some feedback. That'd be nice. I mean, is anyone listening? Do you like what we do? Are we stupid? Don't answer that. We know that answer. But the other stuff, please. There's ways to contact us. Facebook, Instagram, through the website itself. We got contact pages, comments. We want to know. Is there anybody out there? Right, Pink Floyd? Okay. All right, people. May the force be with you. Always. Thank you.